Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Politics and Pop Culture with Sierra. And Chris, thanks so much for joining us for episode five. Today is September 23rd, Wednesday, 2020. I Uh totally butchered that. It's Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. (laughs) It'd be like that, you know? And Sierra, how are you feeling? Middle of the week? Hump day? I am feeling good, blessed, happy to be alive. So much is going on every single day, and I'm just so thankful that I can keep a steady head. I love that. There's so much just going on in the world, and... I'm enjoying, like I say every day, I'm enjoying the fall temperature because I was living in Los Angeles for a year. So it, as it cools down, I feel like I'm just level-headed. I feel like mm-hmm. things are just like taking its course. And there's so much fun stuff going on in the news today. What are you following? What are you reading these days? Okay, well, this one isn't fun, <laughs> but we're just going to jump right into the politics. Let's get this it. Brianna Taylor update. So six, Louisville, Louisville or Louisville? I think people say both. People say both, but I always say Louisville. Okay. Six Louisville Metro Police Department officers are under internal investigation for their actions the night Breonna Taylor was shot and killed in her home. One of those officers who fired into the 26-year-old EMT's home during a March 13 raid. March 13. That's when this happened. I think. And now we're in September. September. And this woman is dead. Okay, so he, one of the officers, sent a mass email to the department yesterday defending his actions and criticizing the city's leadership. Meanwhile, Louisville authorities have declared a state of emergency and restricted downtown access ahead of a grand jury's decision on whether criminal charges should be brought against the officers involved. An announcement is expected sometime soon. And I just want to say one of the things that he brought up, which was kind of startling to me. It says in the email, Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly told his colleagues they do not deserve to be in this position where thugs are allowed to get into your face and yell, curse, and degrade you. And if officers make a mistake during the most stressful times in your career, the department and FBI go after you for civil rights violations. What do you think about this? There was a part in the um in the letter that stuck out to me that he said, we feel like we didn't do anything wrong. Where was that quote? Where he literally was like, we did what we could ethically, morally. There was a quote that, where is that quote? That he literally said- Oh, here we go. mm -hmm. Regardless of the outcome today or Wednesday, I know we did the legal, moral, and ethical thing that night. It's sad how the good guys are demonized and criminals are canyonized. That's and then awful. he calls uh, city and police litter, uh, leaders pencil pushers. And he says, I'm proof they do not care about you or your family and you are replaceable. I hear that as I did nothing wrong. I am a victim. I'm the one that is getting all of the negative blowback and I don't deserve this. And I think there is no responsibility there. Now, there should be an apology. Why can't they just say like, hey, we messed up and we shouldn't have shot up in this woman's home 10 times. You killed someone. Like Mm -hmm. you all and your actions. And I also- Who was not a criminal or a thug. They went to the house because there were reports that they were that they were selling drugs in the home, right? Mm-hmm. So they get a call. There was an ambulance that came with the police. They told the ambulance to go away. Why would you tell the ambulance to go away? You all did not care for this woman's life. Go into the house, shoot it up. There was a whole ballistic report that was just submitted to Daniel Cameron's office explaining how many bullets and things hit the home. 
They never found any drugs. They said that the person that was having packages sent to Brown Taylor's home that she had no relationship with. You cannot look at this and just think this was a, a innocent woman who was subject to an awful bad decision. And it just makes no sense. And she deserves justice. Those police officers should be ashamed of themselves. Not only do they need to be arrested, they need to publicly apologize because the whole notion and messaging that you're sending out by killing this black woman and not saying that I'm sorry, not saying that we did anything wrong, it just puts out that we don't care about black women in our society. And that's why the whole idea of Black Lives Matter is important. The statement mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, because by us not giving these people justice, by us not prioritizing these cases, by letting all these months go by and not holding anyone accountable, it makes it seem like we didn't care. Exactly. We didn't care. And it's like quick and speedy trial. Hello. Like that's in the constitution. Like this needed to be done so much faster, get this over with so much quicker. And it's like this, the fact that it's dragged out this long, the fact that he feels this way is just one of the reasons why people are saying abolish the police and defund the police yep. because you're not using this money to hire the best people for the job to train them why aren't there any therapists social workers in the police department so they police officers do go through a lot of stress right. yes and they need to be able to work through that to train through that and they why didn't these cops know brianna taylor and her boyfriend beforehand why don't police officers know their community beforehand that's also a scary thing and it's just like by prolonging this whole process seven months really to learn everything you need to learn awful message and it prolongs the rage it prolongs the riots because for seven months you are having riots and protests for arrest the cops all right and then after the trial's over you're probably going to have some more protests if it doesn't go the way it should go or the way the people want it to go and if these cops uh don't get arrested then you're going to have another slew of protests where we could have just condensed this whole thing <laughs> together if it was a quick and speedy trial and y'all did what you were going to do seven months ago to these officers and people and the people could respond um, how they were going to respond and show that they want justice. But now it's just going to be so much longer and so much more thought out and how much more money is going to have to go into defense. You know, they're heightening security around this time when the trial is going on. So it's just like, like, like why y'all did this on purpose and i'm just like why and also the whole rhetoric people make mistakes right i'm not excusing it but as a culture we need to find a better way on how to not put so much shame on mistakes for where the person who makes the mistake feels defensive. Like they can't even apologize because they just are so enraged. We need to really work through what happens after somebody makes a mistake and how to properly atone for that mistake and make amends for that mistake. So people aren't just like, I didn't do nothing. No, I did something wrong. I know I made a mistake and this is what I need to do and just not feel so much shame into getting held accountable for your mistakes. And I don't like how we put thugs in here. Like, who are you talking about? You're talking about black people. Like you're showing yourself, you're showing the racism, sir. So yeah, that's how I feel. 
I, I agree with a lot of what you said. It's also very important that we um, say that it was reported that the decision we made this week and that they are under a state of emergency and that people are boarding up their businesses. People are boarding up, making sure that security is in place. Like they know that something bad is about to happen because there's no way that Daniel Cameron is unsure at this very moment of what he's going to do. I don't believe that. I believe that with this much publicity, this big of a case, he knows what he's going to do. And so he, he already what he was going to do. He probably, yeah, he probably been new. And so now the fact that they're getting the whole city like all set up because they know it's about to be a lot of protests. I feel like this is about to get really, really ugly and it really breaks my heart because they really just should have got been arrested and fired. And, and it's, yeah. Pierre, like you, you killed someone. Like no matter what your job description is, it's just like, that is not okay. And I'm just waiting for Trump to say something in defense because of this Cameron foolery. Was speaking at the RNC. So when you put these people up, it shows that not only are you like complicit in their behaviors, but you're like advocating for them. Like by saying like, oh, of all the people he could have had come up to the RNC, like he chose Daniel Cameron. I think that is, that sends a bad message out. Mm -hmm. I don't think that like Donald Trump, how can you understand the complexity of the case, knowing what Beyonce and Oprah and all of these people, everybody putting on some Black Lives Matter, so Breonna Taylor, say her name. And then you not only disregard that, I've never heard Donald Trump even say Breonna Taylor's name, but even Daniel Cameron, who's in charge of the case, bring him at the RNC and let him speak, give him a bigger platform so people are talking about him. What right. What is and it's play? like, Daniel can't, like, is Daniel Cameron really for law and order if it's taking him this long to really do things? Like, is he really a law and order candidate? Because I haven't seen any law and order happening in regards to this Breonna Taylor case. So it's just like, how are you going to have this man up here? He's supposed to be doing quick and speedy trials, but he's not doing that so if i were you know a white law and order citizen i'm just like i don't see anything happening this i feel in my heart that this brianna taylor situation is about to get worse and because the system was never fixed before police officers don't get arrested for killing black people for no reason and they didn't resolve that situation in prior cases since the beginning of time so it's like we know that nothing has changed in regards to the laws and the system and the way that juries feel about these high tense situations so it's just like what what do we expect and that's why the Black Lives Matter movement is like abolish the whole thing, which I think is a little too, too extreme. But I can understand that thinking when people just feel like the whole system is bad. I can understand it. Not saying I agree with it, but I can understand because when we see these things in clear day and in the media and in our day to day lives, and we have these conversations, it makes you feel like, well, who's for me? Nobody. Mm-hmm, so I can mm-hmm. understand where that's coming from. So with that being said, another form of activism, uh, National Voter Day was yesterday. Yes, National Voter Registration Day was yesterday. And this is a national bipartisan holiday where people are encouraged to make sure that they're registered to vote. As people are aware, we are less than 45 days away from the general election that is going to take place November 3rd. And I hope that you have your plan. I have talked to Sierra off camera and on, and I'm excited to vote. I have my polling place. I have my ID. And I'm excited. I plan on voting in my state in person and early um, during that first week of October. What about you, Sierra? What's your voting plan? Um, I should be expecting my absentee ballot uh, by tomorrow is when they're going to start getting sent out. And then I'm going to take my ballot directly to the clerk's office and they have a ballot collection box and I'm going to put my ballot in there. And then in Michigan online, you can track your ballot. So you'll know like when it was cast and not like when it was cast. 
I love that because we're in this new day of like the coronavirus pandemic, you have to have a voting plan. Everything's a little bit different now. If you want an absentee ballot, I understand that there's certain states that will not let you say the coronavirus is the reason I'm not voting. So you have to understand like what is applicable laws in your state, what you're going to do about those and make a plan that works for you in your community. So both of us have done that and we just encourage and employ you to get informed about the issues, to make sure that you get your plan, get registered and make sure that your voice is heard. And one of the most powerful and impactful elections of our lifetime. Yes, agree. And early voting has started in some states. So it's kind of, I'm anxious because it's like people are already casting their votes when they're still like, you know, a month and some days left of so many more news stories to happen. And so in a way I'm like, yes, cast your vote now, like do it early, do it now. If you know, you know, because I know a lot of people know. Um, but then with that being said, what I see happening in the news is like, so as soon as something good happens on one side, then the other side is going to put something out to degrade that. So for example, uh, Cindy McCain came out and endorsed Joe Biden Which is not like la last night. Mm -hmm. um, and not a surprise at all. And then, so that was last night. And then this morning, so that was trending like number one on Twitter last night. And then this morning trending is Hunter Biden and how, you know, he was on the board of like Russian and Chinese companies and were was it an illegal contract were they doing like you know illegal business and so now that's like number two trend, trending on Twitter this morning so it's kind of like it's always going to be this volley back and forth but I, honestly in my opinion nothing could be worse than how Trump has responded to this pandemic and with that being said I know you know what I mean? You can, this Hunter Biden thing is old. It's old. It's been out. And so it's like to try and like keep on bringing up this dirt. It's just, just for the purpose to stay trending. And I'm just like, just stop, run your race. Okay. And people are going to vote. Because I, I, I believe what you're saying in regards, I think people know, I think most, I will be surprised if people are still kind of unsure who they want. I think politics has become just pop culture. There is no dichotomy of the two like everyone is talking about like Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert like everybody is talking about politics so I think people kind of understand where they stand in the line of who they're going to vote for and I just encourage everybody just get out there make sure that your voice is heard have these conversations who make sure your family are are aware of voting your friends and make sure that your voice is heard in this upcoming election because it's important um yes happy national voter registration day belated national voter registration day make sure it's to vote get involved make sure your voice is heard Make sure, you know, five people, five close people, talk to five people, make sure they're registered to vote. Screenshot, screenshot your, I'm registered. Send it to each other, make a group, check on your grandparents, your parents uh, directly, like not just a text, like call them up, help them out. Make sure it's getting done, folks. Absolutely, so important. In the, world, in the world of pop culture, Page Six has reported that Kim Kardashian is thinking about divorcing Kanye West in light of his latest episode. Page Six is exclusively told. A source close to the couple tells Page Six that West's bipolar disorder and his anti-abortion stance have taken a toll on their crumbling marriage. An insider has shared, Kim has a whole divorce planned out, but she's waiting for him to get through his latest episode. Over the past few months, as many of you are aware, Kanye West, who is four to three, has been extremely vocal about being pro 
life, telling a rally cloud that he and Kim Kardashian nearly aborted their oldest child, daughter, Northwest. He said, I almost killed my daughter during the July event. No more plan B, plan A. Not long after, Kardashian defended the Jesus is King rapper and opened up about his mental health struggles. A source separate later told Pasix that she wouldn't divorce West because it wasn't a good look at the time. Um, what do you think about the Kim Kardashian and Kanye West union? Do you think that it's over? Do you think this is a publicity stunt? Where do we feel about the state of their marriage? I think it is extremely hard and tricky when you're dealing with someone like with bipolar disorder and um, trying to manage billions of dollars, four kids, a marriage. Now, I don't know what their home looks like. I don't know if they're actually spending time together, but regardless, like they have public images and I feel like Kanye is kind of like disrupting that public image that makes Kim Kardashian money. Um, you know, fans love Kim Kardashian, like love. Um, and I also think at the same time, you can't enable certain behaviors. You know what I mean? So yes, if someone is suffering with mental illness, you can be, be an enabler and kind of just give in to every whim and just stand by them, like regardless of everything that they're saying or doing, but then that's just enabling, you know, the problem further. Um, so I think there does come a time when if it's too much, like you should be able to separate yourself from that. Um, but then again, I'm like, if you divorce them, I feel like that's just for the public. You know what I mean? Like y'all don't have to live together or do any of this other stuff. Like y'all can still be legally married and live separate lives. But if she divorces, she's making a public declaration that I don't stand with his views or where he's going and I can't take it anymore. So I think she would want to like divorce their ideologies, their beliefs from each other. But I'm just like Sunday service. Can a couple, can one person be pro-life and a couple and one person be pro-choice? I don't know. Well, I think, first of all, we have to entertain the idea that this whole thing could just be a lie. We don't know what's going on in their homes. Like, I yeah. don't know who told page six, whatever, but we don't know. I don't think that if they were to get divorced, it would have anything to do with their public images at all. I think when we look at these as just human beings, like every day, like I, I watch the show and I kind of, I follow Kim closely. So I kind of see the little cracks of just how stressful it can be. I remember there was an episode of Keep Under Kardashian. She was like, I just have no more I can give. Like I'm in law school. I got these babies. I'm trying to do these businesses. I'm wore down. So I think just as a woman, she's probably just very, very overwhelmed. And mm -hmm. it's probably just a lot to deal with. And she probably just can't take it. Mm -hmm. It's not like they need each other in regards to like money. Uh, it's not like Kim Kardashian doesn't have upwards of close to her own billion dollars. Mm -hmm. Kanye West definitely is a billionaire that we've been told. So I think that they really have some serious issues that are going on in their marriage. And I just hope that they can figure it out because I breaking down a family, especially like their son, Psalm is like a baby, baby. Like he yeah. wouldn't have any memories of them being married. So that's tough. Um, so I don't look at this as, a publicity stunt or as something that media should even be talking about. It's like, this is a real fan with like four kids that are involved. So I'm hoping that they figure it out. And I hope that Kanye West just takes care of himself and that he does everything he needs to do to get in a good headspace. And I think this is also probably the reason, not the reason, but 
another uh, step for them to become more private as a family, like Mm -hmm. they don't have their show anymore. And so I think that's kind of in a way saying we are, we are closing the blinds, we are not revealing ourselves as much as we have been before. So I think this could like go into that further of them kind of rebranding themselves, like just business, not personal, um, Mm -hmm. as far as media fodder and the public. And the fact that they were able to stay out in the public eye for so long, as long as they have, like they really revolutionized reality television. I think the first episode of the Kardashians came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to be on a show that long and be that public and go through things, but still kind of have that nuclear family base, I think is very remarkable. Um, we'll be following this story and wish them the best of yes. luck. <laughs> so the Time 100 Most Influential People list has come out. And I, it's diverse, diverse in jobs, in color, in geography, in profession, in uh, LGBTQ. I like this list. Um, we have Meg the Stallion. Mm-hmm. We have Tomi Adeyemi. Uh, I know a lot of people might not know her, but she has written a sci-fi book called Children of Blood and Bone, which I am just so much a fan of. Um, who else do we have? Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Um, Fauci is enjoying the rock star treatment just a smidge. Who wouldn't want to be a rock star? This is the time for doctors and scientists to, to get cool. there. Yeah, just to get their media coverage, to get their shine, to get their accolades. accolades. Like, this is their time. Like, who would have thunk that Dr. Fauci, that doctors, that scientists would be front page news, would be trending on Twitter? I'm sure they would have never thought this. Did you see his Vanity Fair cover? Yes. You know, like, this is just a scientist, like, dream, just to have the world just be interested and listening to the facts and to what's going on. Like, Dr. Fauci, like, who would have thunk when he was going to school that the whole world would be listening to him talk about viruses and all of this other stuff? So I'm sure they're, like, they're living, but then again, you know, it's a pandemic, it's serious stuff, but give them their flowers so we have jojo siwa Mm -hmm. are you a fan of jojo i have no idea who that is but i do know that kim kardashian retweeted that person and said like congrats like who is jojo siwa the kids love her she's a youtube star she was on dance moms which is where i know her from and she wears big bows in her hair um and she's just loud like she's very colorful she has products everywhere like was she did she host northwest at her house one time yes yeah, she she does the, she did the birthday party for northwest she did a birthday party for ti's daughter like she just creates this kid experience and she is raking in the money um jennifer hudson yo-yo ma michaela cole do you follow michaela cole i have no idea who that is either um, have you heard of Chewing Gum on Netflix? Yes. Is that the lead actress, yeah. the black woman? Yeah, yeah. She's the lead actress and she wrote the show. And so and she but they has, canceled that show. Uh, yeah, but that's an interesting, she had this whole, oh my God, Chris, where have you been? It's a lot to follow in the world. A lot yeah, to follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she, 
talks about in a lot of interviews. I definitely suggest listening to some of her interviews and reading um, some of her interviews as well. Because she's British but, American, right? She's yeah, not like she's not American. She's British. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so yeah, so she had two seasons with Netflix, and then she, you know she's kind of at this relationship where like a lot of black women are where they become gatekeepers so like they become these people who can possibly bring more people in to do what they do and so she was planning on bringing in more writers for her show chewing gum and she wanted other black writers minority writers to come in and write for her show and the channel the network was giving her the ring around on it and you know in the last second they were like actually we just want you to write the show and she's like actually no because that's not what y'all said to my face before so she's kind of like this year she's kind of um being an advocate for not just taking what the big upper heads are taking you like don't just accept anything like really only take what you want so she has a a wonderful show called I May Destroy You on HBO talking about sexual assault um, in kind of like a dark comedy way and Netflix made an offer for it but she was like um, Netflix wasn't going to give her any of the uh, copyright or distribution rights they were going to own all the rights to the work and she was like no and she walked away and her agents were like, what are you doing? Like everyone was like, who walks away from a Netflix deal? And she like, was like, I, I did because work. it's my work and I want to own my work. So that. she's dope. She, wow. She's dope. Uh, Anthony Fauci, Kamala Harris, Donald Trump, Tyler Perry, Biden, Tyler Perry. It's just, he out here. He was like, I'm going to do my thing my way, write all my work and y'all just gonna accept it. Correct. Um, we have Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. Um, and in an article I was uh, reading, it was really for Zaya and how they came out as parents in support of their daughter. Um, so that's like one of the main reasons why they are on the list. And then a lot of people, you know, you've never heard of. The Black Lives Matter founders, uh, Billy Porter, Naomi Osaka, Angela Davis, uh, Allison Felix, 80. A hundred really strong people. Yeah, A.D. Barkin, who was making his way. Uh, he was on the DNC fighting for the Affordable Care Act. So many influential people. I love it. I love it. They're so inspiring. The They're yes. so inspiring. Congrats. You're going to be on that list. That's... You're going to be on that list, Chris. What? Let's see. So I can influence people to do something right. <laughs> Why wasn't Candace Owens on the list? Thinking that too. Where, where, where are the conservatives? We got Donald Trump, and I haven't read about a lot of these people. Some might be conserv conservative. Possibly. Um, given, I think Candace. Might, people are still getting hip to Candace. Owens. People really don't know her like that. Like this is her first book. So. Like before, she she was just like kind of someone who's just going viral, like talking. But like now, she like has work. Like this is Candace Owens' book. That, like I think once you have a book, it really legitimizes you. It's like real work being done. I mean, you know. But I also still think she's still on all of the conservative. Like she's not, she hasn't, mainstream. hasn't gone mainstream, mainstream. Cardi B yet. helps with that though. That Cardi B, that yep. really, you know, that's all Candace Owens. Um, yep. Yep. Congratulations to everybody who made the list. We'll yes. shout out to y'all. See you on that list. Yeah. Love that. We'll see. I'm going to live my life and wherever that leads me, it leads me.
I love that. Would you like to wrap us up with something to give the people some hope? We always try to yes. end, do politics, we do pop culture, but we also do people. We're people, people. Yes. Um, so me and Chris were talking earlier just on this notion of unconditional love when it comes to friendship, when it comes to family. People aren't really practicing unconditional love. I think with a lot of things, like you see someone you know doing something you don't like or someone, someone makes a mistake and it's just like you throw them out. Just like, nope, not dealing with that anymore and moving on back to the hustle, back to the grind. I can find new friends. I can find somebody new. Um, but I think we should just focus on unconditional love and what that really means and why it's so important to have unconditional love in your life, to have people in your life where regardless what you do, what mistakes you've made, they're going to be there for you and they're going to rock with you through tough moments and still love you regardless because they know your soul and they know who you are as a person and they know your potential just to be here on this earth. And so also with that being said, how I like to look at it as I feel like I have unconditional love from my parents, right? And another, uh, we see unconditional love with God, right? God gives us unconditional love. And so if you feel that love from God, just try and match that with people in your life, just people who are giving you unconditional love um, and hold on to that and work on those relationships that you know that person, you know their soul, you know what they're trying to do out here in the world. So regardless of the hiccups, the mistakes, you're still gonna work with them through those hard moments. And so practice unconditional love with yourself also and with other people. So very important. Tough, countercultural. I don't think most people believe that. Most people believe in cancel culture, but such an important message. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, we all deserve. We all deserve. So I think that's it for the day, Chris. Another episode. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode five. This is our fifth episode of Politics and Pop Culture. And hopefully one day we'll get to, you know, 50 and 100. And I've yes. just really, and Sierra, I've really enjoyed this dialogue that we've been having. I love that we create this show. If this is your first time ever checking out an episode of ours, make sure that you follow us and subscribe. We do new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday via podcast and on YouTube. So subscribe, comment, share, and support. Yes. Thank you guys so much for watching. Chris, I love how you try, you like the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like you kind of sometimes condense the word. You're like Wednesday. And I'm like, make it one word, Chris. Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> and Friday. Yes. Episodes. Yes. Um, thank you guys so much for watching Politics and Pop Culture with Sierra. And Chris, thanks so much for another episode. Have a good day. Bye-bye.